New beginnings appear in our lives in many ways and at different times. Not too long ago, we began yet another new year. It offered us a time to look back and reflect, as well as a time to look forward and dream of possibilities. Of course, turning the calendar is not the only new beginning we come across in life. Graduations, new jobs, weddings, births, and so many other events offer us times of not only looking forward, but also being mindful of the past. Our readings this Sunday draw our attention to new beginnings in our lives where God fulfills his promise. In our first reading, we hear of Isaiah's prophecies regarding the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, the land beyond Jordan, Galilee of the nations. He prophesied that those who walk in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. This prophecy describes a new era of liberty, a new era of joy which the future Messiah will usher in. Galilee had been repopulated for the most part by pagan Assyrian settlers after the defeat of the northern kingdom Israel in 722 BC. Paganism had control and a few chosen people thinly scattered in the region found it difficult to retain their faith in the one true God. The prophet Isaiah assures them that all those odds will change with the coming of the Messiah. Over 700 years after Isaiah made that prophecy, the evangelist Matthew wrote that when Jesus heard that John the Baptist had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea, the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. So that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulun, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And for those who sat in the region and shadow of death, a light has dawned. In Jesus Christ, the darkness of paganism and the darkness of ignorance of the true nature of God who created us has been banished forever. We have learned from the incarnation that God loves us and that he is interested in every one of us and that he wants each one of us to share in his own eternal kingdom of happiness forever. Many Christians get distracted by focusing on the darkness that seems to surround them. They focus on less important things, on the presenter of the word of God, and pay little or probably no attention to the word of God itself. 
that was what must have happened in the church of Corinth. Paul came preaching the gospel of Christ and Christian freedom. Freedom from the power of the law to live by grace. He was probably mistaken for a mere freedom fighter. He was mistaken for one who has come to fight to free them from the Pharisaic burden. They followed him and not Christ the light. Some others claim they belong to Apollos, who was an intelligent man, very eloquent in preaching the gospel of Jesus and proficient in scriptures, according to Acts chapter 18, verse 24 to 26. He too was probably admired by a section of the believers for his eloquence and not his message. The same thing must have happened with Cephas or Peter, the prince of the apostles. But others said they belong to Christ. The question is, who are you following? Are you following Paul? Are you following Apollos? Are you following Cephas or Peter? Or are you following Christ Jesus? Are you taking sides with humans or with God? Many Catholics get distracted when they hear any form of scandal in the church. But please, brothers and sisters, do not be distracted. Do not confuse the messengers with the message. Many tend to follow men and women of God rather than following God himself. They are distracted to follow eloquence. They are distracted to follow dramatic performances. They are distracted to follow tenderous voices than the message of Christ, the message of salvation itself. I am not against eloquence or tenderous voices, but we must not be distracted by them. Remember that Christ is the light that shines in the darkness of the world. Unfortunately, most of us are accustomed to hearing political voices rather than the voice of Christ, which is echoed through the church. This week, we have uh, the marching in Washington, the March for Life. And statistics show, according to the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, nearly 64 million children have been killed in the United States alone through abortion since 1973 after the Supreme Court decision Roe versus Ward. Today we have Catholics who claim to be pro-choice and they think that yes abortion is women's right i understand that i understand the challenges that our women go through i understand the situation where women do not know what is going to happen to the future of their children whether their children are going to have adequate food, shelter, and mental and physical church. 
The church acknowledges all these needs, but the answer to the problem has to be better than discarding a human life that God has created at any age, particularly before they are born. The innocent. We're talking about the rights of women, of course. They need to have their own rights. But who advocates for the rights of the unborn child? I believe the United States has enough resources to take care of these children in, if they are born. We spend a lot of money on other things, affluent lifestyles. But the innocent are suffering. We listen to the voices of politicians. We listen to the voices of philosophical ideologists. But we rather fail to listen to the voice of our Lord Jesus Christ. The voice of God. Who created man and women in his own image and likeness. Who wants human life to be respected as sacrosanct because they are created in his own image. Beloved, we are called to repentance for the kingdom of God is at hand. This is the beginning of our response to our call to discipleship. In our gospel passage today, Christ called Peter and his brother Andrew. He also called James and his brother John. He said to them, follow me. And they left everything and followed him. They followed the light and not the cares of the world. Simon, Peter and Andrew were casting their net when the Lord called them. Indeed, they were walking, hopeful and full of energy. On the other hand, James and his brother John were caught while mending their nets. They may have walked without anything to show for it. They may have run into a problem or were done with the day's job and probably tired for they were mending their nets at that time. Beloved, it doesn't matter if we are walking so full of energy and hope like Peter and Andrew, or that we run into some difficulty and problem with our net, mending them like James and John. What matters is that the Lord is calling each one of us by name to follow the light of truth to repentance. For the kingdom of God is close at hand. Today is the day that you and I would need to make a decision whether we're going to dwell in the light of Christ or we're going to allow the darkness, the culture of death in our world to overwhelm us. Jesus is calling. Why don't you answer? He's calling you. He's calling me. Oh, sinners like me, respond to the call of God and you will be overwhelmed by the light of Christ, the light of grace, the light that leads all of us into eternal kingdom with God. May the Holy Spirit help us to make a genuine response to God and his calling. Amen.